Hello and welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. We are here to root deep together in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. My name is Ben Jacobson. I am one of the pastors here at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota, and I am joined today by my colleague, Pastor Stephen Dunkel. Hello! We're so glad to have you on today. We've been working our way through the Psalms this summer. Uh, Last week we did Psalm 22, and we haven't been going in order, but today we're actually going to take a step to the next psalm, one of the favorites, I think, one of the most well-known psalms, Psalm 23. Yes. And we're excited about it. So I was thinking about this. Uh, You, this past week, I believe you got to preach. We're doing a series here at Hope this summer on uh, some of the songs, the hymns, the great hymns of the church that we love, right? And I think that you got to preach on Amazing Grace. I did. The best known hymn and now the best known psalm. Yeah. I'm spoiled over so here. So this is a big week for you. You you know, that's uh, no pressure, of course, but uh, lots of fun. So this psalm, uh, it talks about some of the places in, in our lives where we find rest and mm-hmm. respite. Um, and I'm wondering for you, summertime, Stephen, where do you find rest and respite? My grandfather has a lake home that is in South Dakota. Hmm. We go out there as a family, and we were actually out there this last weekend. I came back to preach, but we went out Thursday night and stayed Friday and Saturday. My four-month-old son got to swim for the first time. Oh, really? The lake was like glass. We went paddleboarding. We went on a pontoon ride. He tried watermelon for the first time. Oh, Definitely. Wow. A peaceful place beside still waters. Yeah, that's amazing. Did he like swimming? He did. Was he the floats. water warm? It was. We used a pool beside the lake, and we let the water sit out, baking under the sun, added mm-hmm. some hot water from the stove, got it bath temp. Nice. That's amazing. My son could eat watermelon for every meal. I just cut it up. Like, we'll just buy a whole one, cut it up, and just have it in the fridge, and just take out like bags of it and he'll just he won't stop he loves it there are those people that put salt on their watermelon Mm. what are your thoughts i've never tried it um but i did one time eat dinner at somebody's house and they had um muskmelon or like cantaloupe Mm -hmm. and they put some kind of like salty seasoning on it yeah and it was really good Mm. so I'm not opposed to it. Do you put salt on your watermelon? I don't, but many in my world do. Mm. Well, today may be the day. Might have to go out and get some watermelon and some salt. Uh, We are uh, here actually in a kind of a restful place. We're sitting and we've got some donuts in front of us. So uh, all is well in our world. No watermelon and salt, but we'll take some sweets. And we are going to read from Psalm 23. And I'm going to read, typically we've been reading from the New International Version, which we use here at, at Hope for most of our preaching and teaching. But today I'm going to read because of the fact that this is a more familiar version of this psalm. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. This is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Stephen. So when you hear that psalm, uh, you know, probably for many of us, a really familiar one, even for those of us who aren't that familiar with other places of Scripture, this might be a, a psalm that people know, uh, certainly uh, probably one that, that you've heard in your life, um, at least I hope. Uh, what, what kinds of things hearing it now stick out to you or what, what, what do you like about this psalm? What do you love about this psalm? Absolutely. I love the poetry. I love the vivid, peaceful imagery. And we're going to unpack that a bit. I had a chance to study abroad in Israel. Mm. I studied historical geography at Jerusalem University College. And as I read through this rich imagery, there are specific pictures from that study abroad that come to mind for me. I love this idea of these green pastures, still waters in the Judean wilderness which are so rare. So tell me, what, what does the, your standing in the Judean wilderness, what does it look like? So a lot of people have heard of Jerusalem, which mm-hmm. is this religious capital of Abrahamic faiths, and that's up on top of a ridge. It's a bit of a bowl within this ridge, and that's on the northern edge. This ridge runs southward. So you've got Jerusalem, and then following along this ridge, you've got Bethlehem, Mm -hmm. birthplace of Jesus, and then you follow along, you've got this place called Hebron, and then you follow along a little farther, you've got these little outcropping towns at that time. One of them is called Ziph, so if you want to think, you know, it goes to Z, you've Mm. got Ziph down there. But what happens with this ridge is that the winds coming off the Mediterranean Sea, they're moving in eastward, and this ridge pushes all of that air up, And so you get tons of rain falling on the western side. Hmm. Interesting. Past the ridge, the eastern side, this is the Judean wilderness. So we're talking no rain. We're talking this very chalky, dry soil that even if it were to get rain, the water wouldn't seep in. Hmm. And so there's this watershed of the ridge where any water that reaches over, it cuts through these deep channels Mm -hmm. and it can create these flash floods. It can create these torrents as it erodes through this chalky, dry soil. Hmm. So you have these deep cut channels and otherwise just a ruddy brown hmm. all the way running in so like toward almost the Dead like sea. desert or is it desert or it's completely desert. Okay. Very little vegetation in sight, yet somehow the sheep managed to find the scraps yeah. where they graze. Yeah, so then when you think about that juxtaposed with the images of this psalm, they're very vibrant. Yes. You'll have these places where that water runs, and it will pool in certain areas, and so you'll get these green pastures. And so when you you hear this, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
he makes me lie down in green pastures. We're not thinking of a golf course with this, you know, long expanse of luscious grass. We're thinking of this small oasis, hmm. this pocket where water has pooled and vegetation has started to grow around it. That's amazing. Let's talk about um, let's talk about the fact that the Psalms are poetry, mm-hmm. right? So, so what makes this psalm poetry what dis- what are the kind of the distinctive pieces that that make us say cue us in to say oh i'm reading a poem right now so i have the hebrew here in front of me i love to read the psalms in hebrew because it's poetry and right off the bat we read the lord is my shepherd i shall not want that's four words in hebrew hmm. it's just yahweh is the first word the name of god we've talked about that on the deeply rooted podcast such a powerful name of the God who is, who causes to be. There's so much meaning here in this form of to be made into this name. But the one who causes to be, he is our shepherd. And that's just one word again, this roi. And so Yahweh roi. And then the I shall not want is just lo esar. So Yahweh roi lo esar. If I were to put that really woodenly into English, it's Yahweh shepherd, no lack. Hmm. That's it. <laughs> Says a lot with four words. It does. Right? So you've got the name of God, which as we've unpacked in other podcasts is, is this loaded thing. This image of shepherd, what 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 does that mean in, in this time? What does a shepherd do? What why would what what do we learn when we compare God to a shepherd? David is the author. He was a shepherd and later a king, king of Israel. This image of the shepherd king was actually quite common in David's day. And so you have these Egyptian statues predating this text of Pharaoh holding a rod and a staff Hmm. with a shepherd's hat. Or if you go to the other side of the Arabian Peninsula, you've got the Sumerian kings wearing the shepherd's hat holding a staff in the um, hieroglyphic there, in the imagery that we have preserved in archaeology. And so really on either side of this Arabian Peninsula, where they find themselves here on the northern side of that, the wilderness of Judah, there's this imagery of the shepherd king. The shepherd provides for the sheep. Sheep naturally need protection from predators, they're quite vulnerable. You don't think of sheep as having much for fangs or claws or, or this sort of thing. They're fluffy snacks. Mm-hmm. They're marshmallows of the wilderness. Yeah. They need a shepherd to protect them, mm-hmm. that rod. And they also need the shepherd to direct them, that staff, with that little hook on the end to, to snag them and bring them on the right path, especially in this Judean wilderness that, again, has these deep cuts of erosion that can be prone to flash floods. There's a lot to protect from and a lot to direct toward. Mm. So we see that that God is going to, as our shepherd, protect and direct us. Exactly. And that because of his protection and direction— we have provision, mm-hmm. which is we don't need, we, we, we're not in want. We have the things that we need because God provides. And then that's almost like 
the the door that opens to the psalm, right? Mm-hmm. It it kind of tells us who God is and how God is going to be at work in our lives. And then what follows is how God protects and directs us. So let's dive into some of those images. Let's do it. So we've got uh, the green pastures, which as you've already made it very clear, that's a rarity. Yes, this is the oasis in the wilderness. So God brings us to those places. Life is often barren. Yeah, and actually barren's a great word. When I say wilderness, sometimes we might picture something up in the, you know, Canadian wilderness or, you know, out in, you know, the north woods of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. But this is desert, or more properly, this is what we might think of as steppe land, Mm S-T-E-P-P-E, like you would have at, you know, beyond the uh, Caucasian, the Caucasus Mountains in Russia or these sort of things where it's this barren land, it can't be farmed, the soil's chalky, it's the backside of the ridge. And so among that, you're going to see very little green. You're going to see very little still water. But as the rain comes over the watershed, cuts through these wadis, these valleys of deep erosion, it's going to pool in places. And in those places, which a shepherd will know well, they'll know where to direct the sheep. They'll lead the sheep to green pastures, to still waters. And there's restoration there for, for those who follow. Um, interesting to think about <laughs> this image of, you know, if we are the sheep, my, I don't know where the pastures are. I, I, I'm going to just wander and, and try to find my own way. So I need, as a, a sheep, as a person, I need someone who knows where those pastures are. Where are the places that are truly going to fill my heart, my soul, my uh, life with things of, of value and things that, um, of true value, but also of, of things that, that give me the peace and the comfort and the hope to face each and every day. What else do we see here? What are some of the other images, things that uh, that stick out to you? Absolutely. So there's this valley of the shadow of death. Hmm. We've talked about the wadis, these deep cut paths of erosion. Now out here where there's very little rainfall, you might get 30 inches of rain annually on the western side of this ridge. You're going to get about three on the eastern side. Hmm. So very little water. But one of the leading causes of death for hikers in this region still today is drowning. Hmm. The reason for that is any water that they get, it doesn't absorb into this chalky soil. It goes right down into these paths of deep erosion, which end up being the flattest, easiest terrain to walk. It ends up being where there's the most green down where these waters have cut. But these are the places that all the water is going to come when it comes over the watershed. Mm. And so these are often called these valleys of the shadow of death. They're shadowy because they're these cut wadis, these cut canyons. But it's death because this is where the coyotes are going to gather. This is where marauders are going to wait in ambush because it's dark. And this is where the flash floods will come at those seasonal times if a skilled shepherd doesn't know when 
the sheep should be grazing in this valley or out because of the risks involved. Mm. So this valley of the shadow of death, it's a place that we need to walk. It's a place that's going to get us where we need to go, but also get us the nourishment that we need for particular seasons. Mm. But it brings great danger. Wow, that's interesting. So, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I think about as I look at this, and you talk about the, the, the physical geography, there's almost a, a level of spiritual Definitely. Geography to this psalm, you know, we can think about, yes, there are physical places in our lives that are um, beautiful and have water and have shade. There are places in our lives physically that are barren and deserted and places we don't want to spend a whole lot of our time. But also in a very real spiritual sense, there are times and places in our lives that are like a Judean wilderness. There's grief, there's illness, there's loneliness, there's anxiety, there's worry, there's depression, there's worry about what the future looks like for our children. There's, there, I mean, there truly are barren places. And then there are places where we lay and rest in the comfort of a God who holds this moment and the future and all of the moments in between. Um, is that the jump that we're supposed to take with this psalm? Absolutely. David isn't talking about sheep. Hmm. He has this world of shepherding that he understands well, that his audience understands well. He's using this as exactly this launching point into... What does it mean to be shepherded by Yahweh? So he looks to the east and he sees these Sumerian kings who are supposed to be these good shepherds, but they're oppressors. Mm -hmm. He looks to the west, to Egypt, and he sees these Egyptian pharaohs using this imagery of shepherds. And they're supposed to protect, direct their people, but they're oppressors. Hmm. And... Sandwiched in the middle of this, we have the people of Yahweh. And how does Yahweh care for his people? And the psalm continues. And all of a sudden, we're no longer talking about sheep. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yes, that fits a sheep. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Well, hold on. We're talking about something more than sheep here. Mm-hmm. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's saying, you're the sheep. Yahweh is the shepherd. I love this imagery. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. We read that, it sounds flowery, this sounds great. But actually, that's, that's not very good. This word, follow me, this is the word for pursue, for chase. Like, enemies are following me, they're pursuing me, they're chasing after me. The psalmist here, David, he says, goodness and mercy, they're on our tail. They're chasing after us. Wouldn't we want goodness and mercy to have caught up to us by now? And yet, There's this refrain throughout, 
calling us to rest, Hmm. calling us to wait, calling us to let the goodness and mercy of God that's been chasing us down finally catch up. And so there's this command to lie down by the green pastures, to sit by the quiet waters, and finally to dwell in the house of the Lord, that this goodness and this mercy that's been pursuing us all our lives can catch up, can overtake us. Hmm. And what's interesting to me is that ultimately, that's what this psalm becomes. The psalm itself is a place to pause and to let God catch up with us. I don't... I don't have uh, many of these psalms memorized, but one of the psalms that I have put to memory is is this one. And I have found so many times in my life that when I need to stop and when I need to reorient myself to the path that God has in front of me, if I close my eyes and repeat this psalm, it often helps move me back to where I need to go. And maybe that's because when I do that, the goodness and mercy of God catch up with me because I'm running too fast. Uh, so the psalm, the psalm literally does for us what it's telling us that we need, right? So it becomes the, it becomes the quiet water. It becomes the green pasture in the barrenness of our lives. One of the questions we've asked uh, every episode of this podcast is, where's Jesus in the midst of this? Where do we see Jesus in this psalm? Jesus is Yahweh, the good shepherd. Sometimes we have this tendency to read mentions of God in the Old Testament as God the Father, Mm -hmm. and then mentions of Jesus in the New Testament as God the Son. And yet when we see this title Yahweh, we're talking God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Right. And Yahweh, the good shepherd, the one who has been pursuing us all our lives. He is the one who calls us to rest, to abide in his presence, that this goodness and this mercy might catch up to us. These words, goodness and mercy, it's tov, goodness. And there's so much loaded in this word. There's this idea of beauty. And this word hesed, translated mercy here, this idea of loving kindness of God this beauty, this love to wash over us. And where do we receive that? Well, he's prepared a table for us. Hmm. Even in the presence of our enemies, even when everything around us is chaos, is trouble, he's prepared this table. And so we can gather time and time again with God's people. And the same word in Hebrew for table is the word for altar. This table, this altar, and what is the meal he's prepared for us? Well, he's prepared himself, the good shepherd, on the altar, in the bread and the wine, the body and blood of Christ. Ultimately, Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, for us. And yes, in that sacrifice, we are drawn to him and drawn to his forgiveness his mercy, his love, and his life, and drawn into the house of the Lord, not just for today, but for ever. 
So there's this one line of Hebrew poetry that I want to bring out here. Mm-hmm. When we talk about, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And you know, if you want a Hebrew lesson today as listener, this I will fear no evil, it's beautiful poetry. It's just two words, and it's low, which means, or three words, I suppose, but low means no. Low, and then irah, I will fear, and ra is evil. It's lo ira ra. It's got that double. Lo ira ra. I will fear no evil. Lo ira ra. And as we go through this psalm, as we know that there is so much trouble in our lives, and there's so much to navigate out in the Judean wilderness that is 21st century modern living. Mm-hmm. Lo, ira, ra. I will fear no evil because the good shepherd, Jesus, Yahweh, is with me. And that is a truth for you to hold on to today and all of the days of your life. Fear no evil. So, folks, we hope that... uh, that you can hang on to that truth, that you can be reminded of the presence of God in this psalm. I invite you to read this one again uh, once you're you're done. Maybe you're driving or maybe you're cleaning or whatever it is that you're doing right now. Uh, when you get done with that, stop, pause, read through this psalm and, and let it be that place for you, the place where you don't need to fear evil because God is protecting and directing you in the midst of the life that you lead. We're back again next week. In the meantime, don't forget to like, subscribe, to share this podcast with your friends, and don't forget to stay deeply rooted.